You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 656 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is, I guess, technically Tuesday night as I'm starting this podcast. It'll be Wednesday night morning by the time I finish this podcast. But the Hawks went on the road and got a fantastic victory by a final score of 125 to 121 in Denver against the Nuggets. Uh, definitely a unexpected performance in some ways from this from this Hawks team, particularly when you factor in um, the absence of John Collins and the fact that Kevin Herter got hurt in this game. Uh, a pretty short-handed Hawks team went on the road as a double-digit underdog and won uh, behind an explosion from Trey Young, which, which we will definitely talk about as we get going here. Uh, there was a couple of noteworthy things before the game actually started that I want to touch on real quickly. Uh, first and foremost uh, in the pregame stuff was the fact that Damian Jones started this game at the center spot for Atlanta. Uh, that was a little, a little bit of a surprise, but not a huge shock given the way that Alex Len had been struggling. Um I said before the game that I would not have done this, um, and that's because of the fact that I, th- I just think Len is a better basketball player than Damian Jones, which, which actually was kind of on display <laughs> later on in the day. But um, there was some injury concern with Len in this game. He actually had an ankle sprain that he uh, re-aggravated on Monday in practice. Um, in the pregame, Pierce was talking up Jones and definitely saying that they wanted a press release for Trey Young offensively, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, after the game, as we fast forward a little bit ahead here, um, Pierce actually sort of laughingly said that it was bad coaching, quote-unquote, to be starting Len to this point because uh, obviously in his first game off the bench, he was much, much better in this game, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, that's the plan looking ahead, though. That's why I'm saying this now is that Lloyd Pierce said flatly into a microphone um, after the game on Tuesday that the plan is to have Alex Len off the bench for the future. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. And Damian Jones actually played pretty decently in this game. Len was better, to be sure. And again, I want to say one more time, Alex Len is the best center on this roster right now. Um, I know he's. I know he had been awful. I've been saying how bad he had been so far offensively, and this is pretty much the first game of the season which he actually wasn't bad offensively. He was quite good offensively in this game, uh, but d- defensively, it's been much much better actually this year even than even than last year from Len, in my opinion, defensively. And I think the overall uh, impact of what he can do on both ends of the floor is the best of any center on the roster right now. Obviously, Bruno is the guy for the future, potentially, for this team, but for now, I think Len's the best player, and I think he'll play the most minutes of the centers. That's my prediction looking ahead here. But I do understand the, uh, you know, the push, particularly when it goes this well um, in Game One, to stick with Jones potentially as a starter and uh, bring bring Len off the bench because he's clearly more comfortable in that role, according to what Pierce was saying. And he noted that again, kind of without prompting, just the fact that Len is more comfortable in that role potentially, and God, it gets needs to get in the game, etc. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, one game and it went quite well. So uh, there you go on that. Uh, other stuff on the injury front on the injury front quickly. Uh, Alan Crabb was upgraded to probable in this game and was active. Pierce did say before the game there's basically an emergency situation in which he'd actually play, and uh, even with the injury to Kevin Herter, he did not play in this game. No big surprise there. I think you don't, you, what you don't want to do is throw Alan Crabb in the deep end in the second half of a tight game. And before the game, Pierce said just the fact that Denver has the altitude, not exactly a great spot for Crabb to make his debut. So we'll see if he plays on Thursday in Phoenix, but he's definitely closer by the fact that he's been active the last couple games, and we'll see when he's going to be debuting in the future. The Hawks were also without Vince Carter again in this game for personal reasons. That's kind of all I know right now people were asking me I don't know anything about Vince's situation so we'll see what comes out about that if anything 
And uh, that's kind of it in terms of the injury stuff. Still no Turner, still no, no Parsons, etc. So uh, before the game started, you know, this is a 10-point spread. And the Hawks were actually a 12-point underdog at some point. Um, but, but a plus 500 money line. So if you are not familiar, basically that would project the Hawks to have like about a 16% chance of winning this game, somewhere in there, 16-20%. So definitely unexpected for the Hawks to win this game. And if you remember last year in Denver, the Hawks actually got run out of the gym. Pierce actually referenced this before they, before they left um, for the road trip. But uh, the Nuggets beat them by 45 points last year in Denver. This year was not quite that same result. But uh, worth also pointing out that the Nuggets actually had won four in a row coming into this game. They were 37-8 and eight at home in the last uh, you know season plus. And uh, the Hawks, again, making their performance even more impressive. And honestly, given the fact that the Hawks were in a 12-0 hole as we transition into the game here, a 12-0 run by the Nuggets to open this game up. So from that point forward, the Hawks outscored them by 16 points, which is even more impressive. But it was, it was 12-0, um, five straight empty trips from the Hawks to open this game offensively. Paul Millsap got three offensive rebounds, old friend of the program. Um, and was uh, pretty active and pretty effective in the early going. Pierce got a timeout called after a 9-0 run, and it actually got extended to 12-0. Kevin Herter finally hit a three, but it took the Hawks more than three minutes to actually score for the first, the first time in this game. But the offense came alive um, pretty much immediately from that point forward, and the offense was not the problem at any point in this game. Honestly, they, they scored really the entire game after the first three minutes. They were fantastic offensively. They scored 14 points in about two minutes after that dry spell with six straight effective um, possessions for the Hawks offensively got, got back within three. Um, interesting to note that Bruno Fernandez actually played the four a little bit in this game. Um, in fact, most of his minutes, uh, he only played nine minutes in this game, but some of them were at the four. The Hawks did not really have a traditional backup power forward again in this game because of the absence of Vince Carter and, of course, John Collins. So they tried Fernando. I will say I don't love that move, um, you know. If there's ever a matchup to do, it's probably against Denver, who plays traditional power forwards. Like you know, the Nuggets are playing Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant, who are both definitely power forward types, um, versus a lot of the stretch options that are out there right now in the NBA. But I don't love Fernando in that role, and I guess it's out of out of necessity. But still, not my favorite thing in the world that the Hawks did in this game. Uh, pretty early substitution for Trey Young, um, which they actually came up came in handy later because Trey played 41 minutes, but he actually came out of the game a little bit earlier than you would expect in the first quarter, and the Hawks used this lineup. Um, that I could not believe, and I, I, I made a note, even in a win, I had to say something about this lineup. Um, Ty Wallace, Dion Rubembry, Cam Reddish, Bruno Fernando at the four, and Alex Len. Um, that lineup cannot score. Um, that's that's an absolutely give-up lineup offensively. I know that d- defensively that probably would be pretty good in a large sample, but, you know, I know there was injuries, etc. But that, this is before Herder was injured as well uh, in this game. You, you just can't play those five guys together. I know why they tried it, because they were just shorthanded in this game, but still... Um, Wallace, Bembry, Reddish, Fernando, and Len is just not going to score ever, and uh, that didn't go so well in that limited time that they were on the court. Uh, a nice rookie stretch, though, um, shortly after that with DeAndre Hunter coming back in for Alex Len, there was a Hunter bucket at the rim followed by a Reddish to Fernando pass for a dunk. Um, Reddish was actually pretty good in this game. We'll talk about him more later. The Hawks got a little bit of a slow start in some ways offensively, um, obviously with the first three minutes, but uh, after, from that point forward, they got to the line ten times in the first quarter. Denver took care of the ball at a high level, and the defensive side of the ball for the Hawks in the first quarter was pretty rough, allowing 34 points, but they sort of held serve after the opening um, minutes, and that ended up being huge. Um, looking ahead to the second quarter a little bit, the Hawks got, got their lead back to three, actually, after threes by DeAndre Hunter and Trey Young. Uh, you, you will note that Young hit a lot of threes in this game. We'll talk about them all as we get going here. But uh, his second three was from very, very deep. The box score said 30 feet. It felt like that was from 30 feet. The Hawks scored 15 points in the first four minutes of the second quarter um, to really, really turn it on. In fact, there was a 33-13 to 13 overall run from the Hawks to open the second quarter. 
Young hit a three, and then Alex Len hit a three, and the bench absolutely erupted. It was pretty uh, pretty cool to see, actually. The Hawks kind of support him in that way after he'd been struggling so badly. He hits the three to go up by 58-47, to 47, puts the Hawks up, up by 11. They scored 31 points in nine minutes, just an absolute barrage of offense. Trey hit four threes during the run. Reddish made a layup over Millsap to go up by 11 points, which is a nice play for him. The Hawks scored 38 points in the second quarter. They were 15 of 22 from the floor, 7 of 11 from three. They had 12 assists in the second quarter. That is a staggering figure. And then 14 points for Trey Young on his own. So, you know, all the numbers that we could throw out there, the offense was just fantastic in the second quarter, carrying them um, to the lead. Uh, they were 9 of 19 from three in the first half. Uh, Trey and Kevin Herter were 7 of 10 combined. And the Nuggets only had one turnover in the first half, and they were still losing because of the fact that the Hawks scored 38 points in the second quarter. So a pretty fantastic barrage there, honestly. I know there was plenty of heroics later on from Trey Young, but as a team, the second quarter was the high watermark, a 38 to 20 quarter, and they just couldn't be stopped, honestly, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, early in the third quarter was the one unfortunate moment of the night when Kevin Herter went down. Nicole Jokic kind of hacked him down on his left arm. He went straight to the locker room, and the Hawks announced pretty quickly that he was uh, not going to return with, quote, left shoulder pain, end quote. That's all I know for now. It did not look good. You know, I don't want to guess and speculate. I'm not in Denver, so I'm totally guessing. Uh, it does not seem like an injury that um, could be, you know, it could be pretty serious. If, the, if things go badly, it could be it could be a little bit less than that if things go well. So we will just kind of hold our breath on that one. Um, goes without saying a little bit here, but the Hawks cannot afford to be without Kevin Herter for a long period of time. I know they won this game, but particularly without John Collins, if you t- if you take Herter and Collins off this team for the next, you know, 20 games, uh, for, if, for instance, Herter missed a bunch of time, and they're playing without both those guys. You know, offensively, there's not a lot of talent on this roster. Obviously, Trey Young is capable of carrying them, as we saw in this game. But big picture-wise, being without your, your, you know, two of your top four offensive players when, when you throw in when you throw in Young and Parker, that'd be pretty tough for a team that needs that kind of potency. So hopefully, Herder will be okay. But that was the one sort of down spot in an otherwise very very bright game for the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks briefly got the lead back to 11. Um, when Young hit his fifth three of the game, there was a brief mini run from the Nuggets, but in general, the Hawks led by uh, led by as many as 13 in the third quarter. There was a uh, a very very famous play at this point in time where Young nutmegged Will Barton, hit, hit a jump shot, and then stared out, stand, stared down the Denver bench to go up by 12. That was uh, definitely the epitome of the night for Trey in some ways. A couple of nice drives from Cam Reddish that I wanted to point out because you know I thought he played very well in this game, getting to the rim and finishing, which has always been a weakness of his. So that was good to see him do that. And then Hunter had a nice five point barrage of his own late in the third quarter. The Hawks were up by nine going to the fourth with 27 assists. They had 98 points through three quarters. Uh, they, did, they did cool off a little bit in the, in the fourth offensively and actually lost the fourth quarter, but the, uh, the lead was built up to that point and they didn't have to win the fourth quarter, which is very, very nice to see on the road. Um, Ty Wallace was on the court early in the fourth quarter, um, and the Nuggets were not guarding him. That did not go very well. In fact, Wallace was minus nine in nine minutes. That was uh, pretty jarring to see him just not be guarded, and that, that kind of hurt the Hawks' offense a little bit. There was a 7-1 to run by the Nuggets to get back within three early on in the fourth quarter. There was definitely some tight moments from the Hawks. There was an air ball three from Reddish, and then... Uh, the Nuggets actually had a three in the air to tie the game from uh, from Jeremy Grant that actually did not go in. They got they got back within one at po- at one point and then actually tied it with a twelve to three run with about eight minutes to go. And they were definitely feeling the absence of Herder in that moment. I wrote that wrote that down. Young was getting tri- double teamed, triple teamed, and they just couldn't have a, an outlet really to uh, take advantage of that. But uh, things settled in from there. Fortunately for the Hawks, uh, Len got to the line back to back trips to go up by three points, and then Young hit his seventh three of the game with about six minutes to go to go up by six. The Hawks never trailed again. They're 
there was the three from Jokic, who came off the bench and finally made a shot, but uh, he went ice cold later in the game. Uh, Young hit his eighth three with about five minutes to go, to go up by a 110 to 104 score, and a lot of back and forth from there. Uh, Dominic Wilkins called it called called a dagger, quote unquote. When Young hit a uh, bucket with about you know three and a half four minutes to go to go by eight, that was very very premature. Ended up working out for Neek, but uh, I did kind of laugh about that because the Nuggets got the, actually got within four with three minutes to go after the dagger call, which is kind of amusing in some ways. But um, there was one bad turnover from Young on a pass to Parker, but then Jokic missed again. Uh, Jokic missed at least three or four, maybe even five jump shots in the last three or four minutes of this game. He was just ice cold and honestly terrible for being the best guy um, in the building in terms of just the pedigree. Jokic, you know, he had twenty points, but he was he was genuinely terrible by his standards in this game defensively as well he was a big part of why the Hawks were able to win this game he was just really rough um and that showed out that showed out late in the game um a lot of uh clutch play from the Hawks made made some free throws they did miss some free throws in this game Young was 8 of 11 from the free throw line but everybody else was 14 of 23 uh Lem was 4 of 8 a couple of misses from Hunter late in the game so that it actually didn't burn them but that's something to circle and look ahead here because the free throw shooting was not exactly fantastic as they were trying to put the game away but um just took care of business at the end didn't ever get super duper tight in the last minute or two and the Hawks put the game away offensively so you know a 127 offensive rating for the Hawks speaks for itself in this game on the road in altitude against a defense that's not like elite by any means but the Nuggets can't play defense they're not terrible defensively Jokic is not a disaster defensively usually he was bad in this game but they have Millsap they have some talent defensively they had Gary Harris um it wasn't like they were uh, putting up a huge amount of resistance but still the Hawks played very very well offensively that speaks for itself Defensively, it wasn't as good, obviously, and there was some help from the Nuggets, particularly Jokic and Harris, who were a combined 3 of 18 from 3 in this game, but um, still got enough stops, um, you know, didn't, just didn't turn the Nuggets over at all. Only three turnovers in the entire 48-minute game for the Nuggets, and they lost. That is a pretty pretty, pretty crazy st- uh, stat. They just couldn't make shots, and some of that was helped by uh, the Hawks' defense. Some of that was just a little bit of luck as well, but still, the Hawks just outscored them. They were fantastic offensively, and that was all they needed to do in order to win this game. And before we get to him a little bit later, worth, worth saying it now before I forget, Trey Young was the, is the only player in the NBA this season to have three straight games of 30 points and 10 assists. Um, um, that's kind of just crazy, another stat of his, and we'll come back to him later. But still, my uh, overarching thought here is, you know, the Hawks come in as double-digit underdogs and win in on the road against a very, very good basketball team. That's a hell of a win, honestly. I don't usually say that kind of language on the podcast, but um, yeah, hell of a win. That's the only way I know to, that I know how to describe that performance from the Hawks. And uh, we will come back with more in a second about what transpired with the individual players. Before, before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about the good folks at Audible. Audible has the world's largest selections of audio audiobooks and audio entertainment, including Audible Originals. Audible Originals are stories created exclusively for audio, including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you can't hear absolutely anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible, and you can always be part of the conversation with convenient Audible app. You can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device, including mobile, Alexa-enabled, Bluetooth, and more. Listen at the gym, while shopping, in the car, while traveling. Anytime you can't read, you can still listen with Audible. Every month, you can choose one audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals from a, from a fresh selection. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to ex- exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. You can even sign up for free updates from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the app. Audible members can easily exchange any title they don't love at any time, and members get to keep their library forever, even if they decide to cancel the service. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two audio originals absolutely free. 
by visiting audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500 500. That's one more time. Start listening with a 30 day trial at audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500 500. All right, and we'll talk about the individual players as we always do on the podcast. Only 10 guys to get to catch up on, on this on this pod because of the fact the Hawks played a pretty short bench based on the injuries and only two guys that didn't really play a ton, uh, Fernando and Wallace. Nine minutes for Bruno. I thought he had some nice moments um, kind of mitigated by the fact that he was playing the four. Uh, Wallace struggled, I have to say. You know, defensively, he's definitely potent, but had four fouls in nine minutes. He was active, but the shooting was a problem for Atlanta. Got to the line four times. That's good to see in four rebounds, but not a huge impact performance from Ty Wallace. And, you know, if, if everybody was healthy, I'm not sure he, that he would have been playing in this game. Uh, Bembry only played 30 minutes. He was pretty quiet for uh, another game. In this, but again, a plus five for Bembry off the bench. He played 40 minutes uh, the other night in Portland. Only 30 in this game um, because of the fact that they got better stuff out of Reddish and Hunter. But uh, Bembry was fine. Three assists, a steal, five rebounds, four points. He was just kind of solid across the board. I tweeted uh, middle of the game that Reddish was the best game of his career. I think a little bit, a little bit of that um, subsided down the stretch because he wasn't great in the fourth quarter. But I know he had the one good shooting game a couple of, uh, I guess, probably about a week ago at this point in time when he actually made three threes. But aside from that, I thought this is this his best overall game. Defensively, he was very solid. He made a lot of good passes. British had four assists in this game. Um, didn't make the bonehead plays that he's been making. He missed all three of his threes, which is unfortunate. But two nice finishes at the rim for Reddish. I thought he was just generally okay. Um, and that was that was good to see from him. Some nice flashes and not, not a ton of down moments. He had a couple of ugly ones. There's a turnover in the uh, late in the late clock situation, like with like three minutes to go, that was kind of brutal. But, um, you know, the first two, two and a half quarters, I would say, maybe three quarters were very, very strong from Reddish. He wasn't as great late in the game, but a lot of good signs from Cam. Um, Alex Lennis, as I said before, was fantastic in this game. 17 points, seven rebounds in 22 minutes. He was six of eight from the floor, one of two from three, four of eight from the free throw line is not what you want to see, but that's the line eight times. That's pretty good. He was a team best plus 18 uh, had a block shot. He was just very good defensively as well. Honestly, was really good against Jokic defensively. He was very active. Offensively, was finishing around the rim. His hands are always a point of contention, but, and so was his finishing. But in this game, he was finishing. He made you know one of his two threes. And uh, just good to see Alex Lynn playing well. You know, I was on record as saying the hate went a little bit too far on Lynn. I, I, know, I know how bad he was. Trust me, I know, I know how bad he was offensively in the first nine or ten games of the season. But um, in this game, he had it going a little bit, and defensively it has been pretty good all season long for Alex. So good to see him playing well. That was, that was a big moment for him. Uh, to the starters in this game, Herter didn't play a ton, uh, 16 minutes after, after the uh, injury suffered early in the third quarter, but he was fantastic when he played, honestly. 11 points, three rebounds, sorry, four rebounds, three assists. Didn't miss a shot. It was 4-4 from the floor, 3-3 three three from three. Uh, just looked great, honestly, and that even makes it even more unfortunate because he was playing so well. And, uh, again, we'll hold our breath in, uh, when looking for injury updates on Kevin Herter. Uh, Damian Jones put 20 minutes as a starter. Uh, Len played more, and that was probably deserving, but Jones was pretty good in this game. Eight points, three rebounds, two assists. He was active, had a blocked shot, a couple nice finishes around the rim. That's something that you could probably get, count on him to do more than Len. It's just kind of catch the ball and finish around the rim. That was something that Pierce did say before the game, and just and when referencing why he would be starting. It's just one of those things where he's just more of a, uh, a reliable you know, lob catcher, etc. And Jones did his job in this game, I thought. Uh, Hunter... 
wasn't flashy always, but 12.6 rebounds, two assists, and a block shot. Four of nine from the floor, two of three from three. Played uh, 40 minutes and deserved to play 40 minutes. Two of three from, the fr- from three is good to see as well. You know, he wasn't launching them in the way that he was the other day in Portland, but I thought Hunter played very, very well, just very, very solid. This is kind of the game that you that I thought was, we were going to see from Hunter a lot this season. Um, just kind of quiet, understated, but always in the right place at the right time, making two-way contributions, and he definitely did that in this game. Uh, Jabari Parker had a great game as well. 20 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and it was it was actually a plus 16 in 33 minutes. 8 of 18 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3. I think he had at least four dunks, maybe five dunks in this game. He continues to just annihilate the rim whenever, whenever he gets there. His finishing has been a revelation. You know, I, he looks healthy, obviously, but the fact that he's just dunking everything has been fantastic to see. He's working with Trey Young in a beautiful way. And honestly, you know, some foul trouble stuff, and defensively he wasn't fantastic, but you know Jabari just keeps being awesome um, offensively, and he's doing everything the Hawks need him to do. Like him stepping up in this way without John Collins has been crucial for the Hawks. It's not always going to be twenty and ten, but if he plays this way um, on a regular basis, um, obviously the uh, you know the accolades will come because he's been really good this season. That's kind of the only thing. Uh, description that I would have about the way that Jabari played just very very well in this game. And then finally, uh, Trey Young just out of this world, honestly, forty two points. 11 assists, 4 rebounds. He was 13 of 21 from the floor, 8 of 13 from 3, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. He's now up to 40% from 3 after a couple of rough shooting performances. He's back at 40, back to 40% for the season. And, um, you know, he was launching in this game. There was there was one spot where Denver, I'm not even sure what happened, Denver lost him, and he, he was able to shoot a very, very rare, like, catch-and-shoot open corner 3, which you don't really see Young do a lot, but then there was a lot of his uh, off-the-dribble stuff as well. A couple of just absolute bombs. He takes shots that nobody else, not nobody else, that few guys, I should say, can and should be allowed to take, and he's allowed to take them, and with, with good reason. He was just fantastic. There's, there's no other way to put that. His passing was elite, as it almost always is, and yeah, just one of those things, a couple of highlight passes. I'm just seeing stuff in my head now as I run through this, just him making plays for others, just feeding Damian Jones, feeding Alex Len, um, even a couple shots that were missed that he should have had assists on, and you know, 42-11. and 11, on the road again against a quality team, you just can't ask for any more than that. I tweeted earlier on Tuesday that I thought he was definitely had the inside track to an all-star bid. That clearly was backed up by the way that he played today. The numbers are just going to be there. Um, you know, Young's per-game averages are going to be off the charts, particularly without Collins right now. Um, again, if, if they don't have Herter for a while, and again, I'm, I'm guessing on that, that's going to put even more pressure on Young, and there was a stretch in this game where he was being double, triple teamed because uh, the Hawks just couldn't give another another look, honestly, to the opposition because they don't really have a lot of uh, outlet guys. But provided he's covered in a re- in a reasonable way in the future, he's been double teamed all season long, honestly. So he's still doing this, and uh, you know what, what can I say about Trey Young? He was fantastic. Again, in this game, he was masterful was the word that I used on Twitter, and I'll use it again here. Um, he was the biggest reason why they, why they won this game, and if he doesn't go off in this big way, you know, as much as the Hawks were comfortably ahead for a lot of the fourth quarter, they won this game by four points. Um, and Trey, it took every bit of Trey, you know, just being utterly ridiculous to win this game by four points. So um, the workload is going to be massive, and uh, it looks like he can handle it. So there you go. Trey Young's fantastic, and we'll look ahead to more of that hopefully in the future. So... Um, you know the Hawks are four and six now after this win. I would have told you before the road trip that uh, a one and four was acceptable. Two and three would have been very very nice. And now they have three chances to get another win. Uh, they go to Phoenix on Thursday. Um, this is the easiest one of the three matchups. Phoenix lost at home tonight to to the Lakers. No shame in that for Phoenix. But the rest of the trip is Phoenix on Thursday. 
a day off Friday, and then a gauntlet back-to-back against the Clippers on Saturday and the Lakers on Sunday. So the Hawks will be underdogs in all three games, but they were underdogs in this game as well. So there's obviously no reason the Hawks can't win, as we saw on full display this evening. And we will have plenty more, of course, about the next three games. Uh, Very late nights on some of those. So if you were listening to this in the morning, I can't blame you. But um, please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. It was a lot of fun to watch this game, and uh, you you can't help but get sucked in by this team. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun, even with a four and six record. They've been uh, entertaining almost the entire way. So plenty more to come. Please subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see everybody later on in the week.